0: Today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by CBDMD. The holidays are finally behind us, which means it's time to catch up on some much-needed sleep. And even though getting a good night's sleep is much easier said than done, our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to sleep harder than the NBA media is on the Bucks edition of Drew Holiday a few months ago. CBDPM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And if you want to relax a little before bed, the new CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bath into a luxurious experience. They're also available in lavender, eucalyptus scents, as well as soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs i'm almost honestly falling asleep reading this it sounds so good and to make it even easier to get the year started off right they're offering all our listeners 20% off your next order when you use the promo code nba at checkout once again that's cbdmd.com promo code nba for your 20% off purchase of superior cbd products from cbd md max them down Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host Kane Pittman here on a Wednesday. We've reached the middle of the week. It's uh, a bit of a strange week really in the NBA schedule for the Bucks. We've kind of got used to this team playing every other day and now they have a couple of days off in between really blockbuster games against the Brooklyn Nets and also the Los Angeles Lakers coming up here on Thursday night. Uh, Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Kane Pittman. You see my stuff all over the place, whether it's ESPN, NBA Australia, Milwaukee Magazine from time to time as well. Who knows? I'm honestly willing to write for anyone that will pay me. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not shy about that. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Of course, you can get the show at any point in time at Locked On Bucks. And I know a bunch of our listeners have done that because today is the likes and dislikes. I do this. Once a week, when I run solo on the pod, I will get the listeners involved because from time to time, you know, you guys listen to me every single day on this show, Monday to Friday, you listen to Frank, you listen to Justin, we throw out our opinions, our takes, uh, but it's important to hear from you guys uh, what you actually want to hear on the show and what you want us to discuss. So this is your guys' show. You guys are involved here today. And you have decided what I am actually going to discuss here in the show, which is going to be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, As we mentioned, the Bucks-Nets game was, I thought, an incredible game. I had so much fun watching this game. Obviously, the result wasn't the one that we would have liked on this show in particular. But I think for lessons learned from that game, I think it was fantastic to see the Bucks go up against a team who, let's be honest, are looking pretty damn good. When you have James Harden and Kevin Durant on that team, that's before you even consider bringing in Kyrie Irving. Uh, they're going to be a challenge. They're going to be a challenge for anyone to come up against in a seven-game series. Uh, Frank Madden and myself broke that down entirely on yesterday's show. So if you missed the post game at all, maybe even if you just missed that game in general, go back and check out our post game there because uh, it was a lot of fun as always, and there was just so many talking points uh, from that game. One of the talking points. I need to say this. One of the talking points was that Brooklyn court. Now, (laughs) this is one of our first dislikes of the show, actually. It comes from Carmen on Twitter, who says, "Uh, my dislike is the Nets court. And I made a joke about it on Twitter that I thought I was going to have to get a new TV because it looked like uh, it was stuck in black and white. And that's exactly what it looked like. I don't know. It it might look better in person. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't like it on TV. It's weird looking. It makes you think that there's something wrong with your TV. And I just think that uh, why don't they just go to the old school, the normal, normal floor color. We don't need that grayish type of weird scenario going on. And then the Bucks are in white. The Nets are in black. I didn't like it at all. And another problem with the TNT broadcast yesterday, who, by the way, I do feel a little bit bad when Marv Albert continually gets ripped on social media He's, uh, he's obviously been a voice that's been synonymous with the NBA over the years, and he's clearly lost it, let's be honest. He, he makes endless mistakes during the game. My personal favorite announcer from a national perspective, obviously not including our friends over at Fox Sports Wisconsin, is Kevin Harlan. I love Kevin Harlan, whether he's announcing basketball, whether he's announcing uh, the NFL, which he does a great job of as well. I love Kevin Harlan. Um, But in general, I think the TNT broadcasts have been a little bit difficult to listen to. And I I don't know why. I think I actually found out that this was only on the international broadcasts or the league pass. But for the first half of this game, there was no arena sound at all. So I literally could just hear Marv breathing uh, into the microphone, Chris Webber making weird noises. It was a very strange viewing experience and honestly, a little bit difficult to watch there in the first half. But, you know, Marv, he was great. Back in the day, as an announcer, unfortunately, uh, he has lost it a little bit. But I, uh, you know, from time to time, I do think uh, the, the the Twitter outrage. Not that I think that Marv is is checking Twitter, by the way. So I think it's actually probably fine. Maybe I'm overreacting here. Uh, but he was a great announcer back in the day, uh, not so much anymore. So anyway, TNT. Let's let's be honest. They've done no favors for Bucks fans so far this year. So I wouldn't say they're in the good graces of Bucks fans. Uh, let's talk about defense right off. We've got a number of listeners that reached out to me regarding Giannis in particular and the defense at the Bucks we were running yesterday against the Nets. And honestly, mostly this comes back to the specific usage of Giannis when it comes to the defense. So I'm going to read out a bunch of comments here and then I'm going to sort of work my way through this. Uh, first one comes from Alex Walser who says, I'm hoping you could talk about Coach Bud's reluctance of having Giannis guard the other team's best player. Seems like a wasted opportunity having the Defensive Player of the Year guarding Jeff Green. Uh, he suggests foul trouble could be one of the reasons there. I'll touch on that in a second. Johnny uh, Papanow, sweet last name, by the way, if I've got that right, says, I like our tinkering with the defense, but I'd love to see us try and more Giannis on the opponent's best wing. Slowing down Harden uh, slash KD is near impossible task. But if you had to pick two guys in the league to do it, it's likely Giannis and Drew, something we could try versus Tatum and Brown too. And, and this all kind of ties together here, but Justin Sian says, hey, Harden and Durant on the same team. It was great to see Chris match them at times, but not sure how, how any team is going to slow them down. That's not even including Kyrie. And Ash Ingbertson says, Giannis' perimeter defense driving me nuts having defensive player of the year on Jeff Green instead of KD and not even succeeding at that. And I do know Ash actually, by the way, lives in Brooklyn. So if any of of our other listeners live in Brooklyn, uh, feel for you guys that you weren't able to go to this game yesterday because it was a classic again, despite not getting the result. But as far as Giannis defensively, I think it is fascinating the way that the Bucks use him. And I was spending some time this morning, actually going back and watching Bucks Lakers games and, we know this. Giannis is one of the best help defenders in the league. We know he can come in, uh, block shots, protect the rim. He's, he's been doing that his entire career. I think there's a number of reasons why placing him as the on-ball defender on a Kevin Durant in this situation doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't necessarily think that they're not going to do it down the stretch in a playoff game. But to start out the game with Giannis defending Kevin Durant, there's a few problems with this. And Frank did kind of outline this on yesterday's show, and it's something we spoke a lot about in the past. Giannis, for all his athletic greatness and his physicality and his strength, one skill that he doesn't necessarily have, and it's not all that surprising, by the way, just because he is a huge human being, is his ability to get through screens and get over screens. He's just not able to do that. And the problem with putting... Giannis on a guy like Kevin Durant is that all they're going to do is run a screen. And then if Giannis can't get over the screen, then it's going to be an open look for Kevin Durant. If he goes under the screen, it's going to be an open look for Kevin Durant as well. And I think that what we've seen early in this season is Giannis will defend those guys when the Bucs are switching. So the situations I think back to uh, obviously opening night with Jason Tatum, when Giannis did it superb job, one-on-one defending Jason Tatum into that very difficult shot. And Jason Tatum obviously banked it off the glass, complete fluke. We all know that. It was absolute garbage, absolute bullshit. But the Celtics won the game. But that was where you see Giannis uh, as a one-on-one defender in isolation is elite. The one skill that he doesn't have is fighting through screens. And that's why I think that you are more likely to see Giannis in a one-on-one matchup if there is the game on the line. Remember, we've seen him defend uh, Jimmy Butler to end the game uh, back in the bubble, and we know he fouled, but that was a a lesson learned there. Uh, I've seen him in a couple of possessions against Dallas the other night where he got switched onto Luka Doncic and did a fantastic job. So I think that there is a little bit of a misnomer out there when it comes to Giannis that he's not a good individual defender. He's an excellent individual defender. And if you get him in isolation on any of those guys, I really do like your chances. But uh, the one thing about running Giannis on Durant directly through those matchups through the game is you are going to have troubles with Giannis' ability to get through screens, which again, I don't have any problem with the Bucks, And we say this all the time when it comes to pick and roll defense, switch everything. And if Giannis switches onto those guys, then it's totally fine. Uh, but in that instance, that would be my thinking as to why uh, he hasn't done it as much as what some Bucks fans may like. And secondary to that, uh, we've already spoken about this. Obviously, he's elite talent as a help defender. And that didn't exactly work out yesterday against the Nets. I mean, uh, Ash pointed it out with, with Jeff Green, but Frank spoke about it a lot on yesterday's podcast. Giannis was helping too much. He was giving Jeff Green too much room. And, and it's kind of frustrating to see a guy with those defensive talents kind of getting burnt because he wasn't really helping, and then he was getting burnt by a role player in Jeff Green as well. So certainly understand uh, the frustration there when it comes to Giannis defensively. But I, I think that, or well, hopefully that explains some of the thinking why they may not be exactly going to that. But again, we've seen it uh, even in the All-Star game. Remember back to the All-Star game where Giannis was defending uh, LeBron James at times, came up with a couple of big blocks there late in the, in the fourth quarter of that game. So individually, Giannis is elite. There is just some issues with with running him on those guys throughout the entire game. And of course, the other point of that, which was pointed out originally by Alex, he mentioned foul trouble as well. I do legitimately think that that would be some concern for the Bucs. We know Giannis is prone to uh, bad fouls. Let's let's just say giving up some bad fouls. Sometimes you can you can get a little frustrated, give up those frustration fouls. And I would certainly have some concern with Kevin Durant going at him, at him, at him early in the first uh, in the first quarter. If you lose Giannis to foul trouble, then there is a little bit of concern. The one thing that the Bucks do have, which not many other teams uh, have this luxury, is they do have Drew Holiday, they do have Chris Middleton. They've got other options to throw at those guys. But again, Kevin Durant. I mean, we're talking. I mean, this guy's. He's unbelievable. I cannot believe how good he's looking right now. It's terrifying if you were another team in the East. But that would be some of my thoughts in regards to Giannis defensively to this point. Again, I do think in crunch time in the playoffs, you're going to see Giannis on those guys. That would be my bet. That's what I think you should expect to see. Uh, Before we continue to move on here, I do want to talk about betonline.ag. Just a couple of days away from the NFL playoffs continuing uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, uh, obviously listening to our friends over at Locked On Packers, but they are very excited about what is coming up this weekend. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust when it comes to sports betting. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON. To receive your 50% Vulcan bonus with your first deposit, bet online your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, I think everyone does, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's start this segment here with a little conversation about Torrey Craig because, you know, I I, admittedly, my hands are raised. I am willing to concede. I tweeted about Torrey Craig yesterday and I said I would have liked to see him in some of those matchups and I absolutely would have because, again, I think that those are the types of games where you want to see Torrey Craig, the defensive specialist, get some of those matchups. We've seen him do it in the playoffs in the past for the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, again, maybe I would have liked to see him in some of those minutes that Pat Conanan got. But credit where credit's due, I don't necessarily think that Pat Connaughton was a problem yesterday at all. I don't. I thought that he defended Kevin Durant in many stretches, as well as he physically possibly could. I just don't think that that is, is a matchup that you're going to get good results out, uh, out of the box. As far as asking Bud about Tory Craig, and we started to see this every single game. Bucks fans are like, You've got to ask Bart about Torrey Craig. And well, I just want to say that, particularly after a game like that yesterday, where it's 125, 123, uh, you know, it's, it's, I only get one question post game. And after watching that game with so many talking points that did come out of that game, uh, I, I'm not going to say, Hey, what happened to Tory Craig? Because we have asked uh, Bud that a lot, and he actually answered that question when Tory was first brought back into the active roster. And he kind of said, Well, the guys have been playing really well right now. Um, we would love to try and get him worked into the rotation and see what we've got with Tory, uh, but it might take a little bit of time Was kind of what he hinted at there. I will say, you know, it would have been a difficult challenge for Torrey Creek, who basically hasn't played all season long, to throw him out on the floor and say, hey, uh, you cool uh, matching up on Kevin Durant here? I mean, it would have been a significant challenge. Uh, again, me, the curiosity for mine would have, would have loved to see him out on the floor. But the other point I do want to make I I do, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, you know, the old saying. And I don't think that Tory Craig, I mean, we're talking about a guy that's on a minimum contract, trust me, I love him. He is the honorary Australian on the roster. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows how I feel about him. But he's not I I don't see Tory Craig as being the difference between the Bucs winning and losing that game yesterday. So because again, Pat Conan played really well, knocked down three threes, came up with a couple of big plays in the fourth quarter. I think if we had have seen still Thanasis playing yesterday then yeah sure I mean you can be as outraged as you want but given that it was only a nine nine man rotation at the time you know I I don't I'm unable to get really angry about that particularly because I don't necessarily think that the issues were were plainly directed at Pat Connaughton in this game in fact I think it was more the lineups that he was out there with DJ Augustine and Bryn Forbes as well. And then all of a sudden, you have three guys out on the perimeter where you're feeling a little bit unsure about, certainly defensively. So, again, I want to see Tory Craig. We've asked Bud a lot about Tory Craig. You also just have to pick and choose when you ask these questions. Sometimes there's things that are more interesting to talk about from the game than Tory. So, I, I do apologize. I know sometimes, you know, we might put a quote out there on Twitter and people miss that. And, uh, and trust me, I love the fact that the fans are interested in seeing. Uh, Tory out there on the floor. But hopefully uh, we do as we continue to move forward. Uh, one other thought that we got here from Ben Greer. He says, one thought I had. Are you surprised we didn't go through Brooke Moore in the post last night? With Jeff Green on him, feels like a matchup that would be easy to exploit, especially if they keep guarding Giannis with Jordan, especially when Kyrie is in that lineup. Feels like a good way to attack with Brooke in the post. So my first thoughts when I read this, uh, we saw Brooke Lopez used in the post uh, multiple times against Dallas. And I think we were all pretty excited about that. And Brooke really took advantage. This is not something necessarily that we've seen a lot from uh, Brooke Lopez so far this season. They certainly went to it more last year during stretches. But I think it is important to note what the lineup was when uh, Brooke Lopez was used as that focal point. There was no Drew Holiday on the floor. There was no Chris Middleton on the floor. And I think that's indicative of when you're going to see Brook going to the post. Giannis was out there in that stretch, but I asked Bud about the use of Brooke Lopez against the Dallas game in the post. And he said, yeah, sometimes in those lineups with Giannis, we just need to get some other guys' touches and give Giannis a bit of a rest while he's still out on the floor and being that focal point. So I think you will see more of that when you do have those lineups where it's DJ Augustine and Bryn Forbes potentially out on the floor together. Shooters anyway. Because any if you do put Brooke Lopez into the post, the, the, he, the bucks are going to be able to spread the floor around him. And if a double team comes, he can kick it out, swing pass, open three. I didn't necessarily see that in those games, uh, in that game against Brooklyn yesterday. And particularly when he's matched up with Jeff Green and the starters, it, it doesn't really work. Then all of a sudden, you're just starting to clog up space a little bit. And when Brooke is on the floor with Giannis, with Drew, with Chris, you really want to be using him as a floor spacer rather than a post up traditional big it's just going to clunk things up a little bit and it's going to uh, make the offense a little bit more difficult to function so while on the surface you look at it and you say okay yeah Jeff Green, Brook Lopez that makes sense try and get him a quick touch I just don't think it's going to be something you're going to be able to focus on and run through possession after possession I just don't think that that's going to be conducive to uh, a well-functioning offense also um, as we know with the Bucks all already having a guy down there in the dunker spot with the, with the new offense, which again, if you missed the story from our friend, Eric name, you should go check that out uh, over at the athletic there. Um, but overall, I do hope that we start to see uh Brooke Lopez in the post a little bit more because it's fun. It's fun to see him down there. It's another wrinkle to the offense that I think we're all excited to see as the season continues to move on. Now, I want to talk about early Shot Clock 3s. I've got some audio I want to play from Drew Holiday, uh, a number of questions from the listeners regarding these early Shot Clock 3s, and I've got some stats as well that I want to get to. Before I do, Bilt Bar. You know what I'm going to say here. It's the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. There's 18 amazing flavors to choose from, from caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, peanut butter, Mint brownie, salted caramel. The list goes on and on. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And the deal we have for you is pretty good. Use the promo code Locked On and you'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On, 20% off at BuiltBar.com. It's small market meets big market. Wednesdays on the Locked On NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So one thing I want to talk about here to wrap up the show is shot quality when it comes to the Bucks in terms of Taking care of possessions and not wasting possessions, particularly when the game isn't necessarily in your favor. Now, this is something that Frank and myself have spoken about multiple times over the course of the last 12 or so months that I've been doing this show. The Bucks are such a dominant team and they've been such a dominant team and a historically great team when it comes to net rating. And this has resulted in a lot of games where the Bucks have just been destroying teams early in games and there's been so much garbage time that sometimes I I don't know whether it's bad habits but you can get into the swing of taking poor shots now for Milwaukee this at times has reared its ugly head when you realize that the system uh, I guess if you want to call it that which is based on getting out in transition which is based on early offense uh, and, and honestly just letting it fly from the outside uh, occasionally that can result in some some poor shot selection now zach logan has written in and this is good timing for this because this was something that i wanted to dive into a little bit here zach says one thing that drives me crazy is the early shot clock threes when playing from behind these shots are often ones that can be had at any point and i don't know why they continue to do it so i've got some numbers here based on the entire season and then based uh, on that game versus Brooklyn. So here we go. So early shot clock threes, this is from NBA.com stats. Uh, early shot clock threes are when the shot is taken between 24 and 18 seconds on the shot clock. The Bucks so far this season are 40 for 113. That's 35.3%. So pretty good. Honestly, that's a, that's a pretty damn good percentage. If you could maintain that throughout the entire season, again, uh, the challenge is when you're down by 10 and you take those other shot clock threes. Uh, first, Brooklyn. Uh, they were just four for thirteen, so thirty percent there. Now the biggest gripe for mine is when Giannis takes them, because let's be honest, if Giannis is going to shoot a three, a couple of game, a couple of threes a game, I'm totally fine with it. He has improved in that area when you consider the volume that he takes those shots. But the one shot that I really can't handle, and this almost pains me to say anything negative about Giannis, because I love this man, and it's very hard to criticize him. But early shot clock threes from Giannis are just such a waste. They're not. A good shot they're not an efficient shot it never feels like it's necessary whether they're winning or losing it just seems like a ridiculous shot to take Giannis early shot clock threes so far this season six for 25 so only 24 percent well down on where he is in the season against Brooklyn he was one for four again a couple of those came at inopportune times and the, the one thing I'll say is that while in general we think of Honestly, I think we think of Eric Bledsoe when we think of these early shot clock threes. He used to do it a lot as well, um, which maybe you could give less of a pass to Bledsoe than you can Giannis, who does so many great things for this team that I do understand why there is some license for him to take um, some, some bad shots, even though when you're losing, I think you want to reel those ones in. Chris Milton is a guy who I'm fine with taking those early shot clock threes. Now, this season, he struggled a little bit. He's only four for 14, 28%. but you see us put the old PU3IT. You might see that on Twitter that we use. The pull up three in transition has been a money shot for Chris Middleton in the 2019 20 season. He was 40 for 91, which is 44%, which is very clearly elite when he shoots those threes in the first six seconds of the shot clock. So again, for mine, it's not necessarily a shot that I think needs to completely be erased from the Bucks' offense. It just depends who is taking them. So Chris Middleton, even when you're playing from behind, I'm fine with him taking those shots because he is proven that he is an elite shooter when he pulls up in transition and knocks down that shot when he brings the ball up the floor. Giannis... I'd be fine if I never, ever have to see that ever again, honestly. I I don't need to see that shot from him, even more so uh, when you are trailing by 11 points as the Bucs were in that game against Brooklyn yesterday. So, you know, I I just want to play a bit of audio here from Drew Holiday before we wrap up this show because when it came to that, I was watching in the third quarter thinking the Bucs are going to get back in this game because the Nets are not a good defensive team, and they're going to give you a chance. We've seen this early in the season from this Brooklyn team, and now you add James Harden, who is hardly an elite defender. That's why I think against Brooklyn, you always feel like you're a chance. So I asked Drew Holiday after the game uh, whether the offense needs to change at all when it comes to playing from behind and shooting the, the types of shots that this offense generally likes to, uh, to deliver. Hey Drew, just offensively, um, I think you got, got uh, you guys got down by as many as eleven in the third quarter, and we know the way you try and play uh, fast-paced transition, let it fly from three. When you are playing from behind and trying to come back from a deficit, do you uh, does it does anything change with the way you're trying to run the offense in t- terms of those early shot clock threes? Do you just have to chip it away, chip away at it, and not try and get it back all at once? What are you guys talking through in that situation? I do think we have to chip away and try to hit home run plays, but we definitely stay consistent in how we play. We know that in this league, it's a game of runs, and we've seen crazier things happen uh, from being down 11 to 12. So uh, I think that we just played consistent. Um, the shots that we were taking were all great shots, shots that we work on and, and open shots. So um, we definitely have confidence in ourselves and each other just to, um, when we have that opportunity to knock it in, just, just line it up and make the shots so, up. Um, Again, being down, we know this is a game of runs. and We weren't too worried about it. So it's an interesting point that he makes. And I think this is where the psychology comes back into it. And that's why I think with Giannis, he does have that license to shoot some of those because the last thing you really want with a guy that has been kind of shaky from the outside, shaky from the free-throw line, those types of things, is to put in his mind that he shouldn't pull up for this shot or he shouldn't have confidence in his ability to knock it down. These are shots that these guys practice every single day uh, hundreds of times. So that would be the only reason why I would suggest that there is a bit of a leash on Giannis. But the numbers tell us that it is a poor shot for him. And I think that as the season goes on, you're going to continue to hear me say that I love seeing the Bucks playing from behind, I love seeing them having to be in close games against really quality teams, even if they lose, because those are the situations they haven't been in in the past, and they need to figure it out, and they need to figure out what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and maybe you will start to see some more adjustments in the shot selection that this team takes as the season rolls on as well. So overall... Great lessons, a great points made there from Zach, and I think it's something to watch as the season continues to roll on. So I am going to leave it there for today. Another great episode. I love doing these. I love the questions that keep coming in. And like I always say, if, if this is something that you enjoy, that's cool. If there's anything else that you want me to do on a weekly basis or, or guests that you want to go on, I can assure you that I am always trying to get guests on this show. There's, I'm the biggest pest, I think, Uh, going around when it comes to sending out requests to hopefully get people on the show, but I'll continue to do that. We'll continue to try and make this show as entertaining as possible. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll be able to talk a little bit about the Bucks and Lakers, which is coming up on Thursday night. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all for listening. I thank you all for sending in your questions. I'll catch all you guys tomorrow.